podcast, Working Smarter and Harder. I'll be your host again for today. My name is Jonathan Rogers, um, and today we are going over a couple of different topics uh, with regard to uh, motivation and a little bit along the lines of consistency with uh, practice and with maintaining um, developmental habits and whatnot. So we're going over a little bit of that today, um, and I want to give you guys a little bit of uh, background on this too for myself. This is something that I am still currently working on. So this is not something that I have perfected by any means. Um, it's just something that I have seen positive results come out of and things that I have identified in my own life for the last couple of years as I have been trying to uh, understand the best way that this works and understand kind of how the process is and kind of what the system is. And I've found some uh, little tips and tricks along the way that have kind of, man, eh, not tricks, but just tips and um, like some analogies and some reminders that have really helped me along with this process of like maintaining a consistent schedule of exercise and diet and stuff like that. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and I will give you our two quotes for today. Um, the first is that uh, comparison is the death of joy. That is by Mark Twain. Uh, we're going to get a little bit into more of that mindset piece here towards the end. I'm going to go into that, uh, that quote and talk more about what that means to me. Um, but again, that is Comparison is the Death of Joy by Mark Twain. And that is one of my absolute favorites and something that I'm still working on trying not to do on a regular basis as well. The next one is, nothing important comes into being overnight. Even grapes or figs need time to ripen. If you say that you want a fig now, I will tell you to be patient. And that one's from Epictetus. So just a couple of different things in there that I want to start you guys out with to give you some frame of mindset before we go into today's discussion. Um, and the first thing that I want to talk about is why this is important when we start talking about acceptance of growth is how that there is a huge growth period that everybody has to go through before we start getting to points where we start hitting those check marks for kind of the things that we were trying to achieve. And it is a difficult and uh, almost nonstop continuous process that is so much easier to stop doing than to maintain. And I think that only the best of the best, or even the people that we look up to, have are the people that have found a way to maintain this consistency and have found a way to stick with it. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people understand that concept of it, that there's a lot of hard work that goes into getting to a certain point, like either being one of the best basketball players or football players in the world. I mean, there's so much practice on top of talent that comes into that. I mean, or becoming one of the best violinists or piano players. There's so much time dedication to those kinds of things. And I think that we all understand that concept, but more of what I'm focused on is trying to help idealize what people's goals are and make them more achievable and more attainable. Because I think that Again, we get to that comparison stage where we look at a master violinist and ch or a cellist or uh, a master musician of some kind and we say, well, I can never get to that point because look at how amazing that is. There's no way that I could achieve that. But you have to remember that they might have said the same thing to themselves a long time ago. Um, so uh, that's kind of just the overall introduction first and foremost. But the best analogy and the one that I love so much is the one that was um, shared with me by Ben Bergeron. Um, from another podcast called Chasing Excellence, which I would highly recommend. Um, but the quote from him, or I should say the, um, the statement from him, is that when it comes to training and practice, it's a lot like growing a bamboo forest. So what we mean when we say that is that we are taking seeds and we are planting them, and then you can de dedicate months and months to watering it, 
and to taking care of it and nurturing it with sunlight and everything else that you can possibly do to try and help a plant grow to the fullest extent. And it may be months before you see any kind of um, produce to come out of that, out of your labor for a long period of time. But the crazy thing about bamboo forests is that when they do grow, they grow almost overnight. It is an exponential growth that takes place in a matter of hours to a day, maybe, where you get these monumental uh, vegetation coming out of the ground, coming out of its shoots and out of its roots in a matter of hours because of the hard work that you've put into it in a matter of minutes uh, to hours to a day even and growing anywhere up of like 8 to 12 feet. So I think that there is kind of a big breakthrough moment for people and for people who have um, done a really good job of staying consistent with a schedule and staying with a diet or staying with any kind of exercise you've seen that kind of it feels almost like overnight like when you're practicing a skill or something else like that um, especially for people who are practicing skills there's often a kind of a turning point where one day you couldn't do it and the next day you can um, so i want to just emphasize the importance of that um, that's one of my favorite pictures of all time because i think about that every single time that i am faced with a difficult day of practice or training of some kind and it just I have to think about that bamboo forest or like when we're not seeing progress that that progress is coming but we have to continue to take care of it otherwise our fruit is in vain um, so just want to give you guys some uh, some focus there um, the other part of it that I found whenever I'm working with people um, and then also within myself I have noticed is um, when it comes to motivation um, I think when it comes to getting started um, what what is that thing and I think that this is something that everybody has to identify for themselves and it has to come from somewhere within um, and I, I know that sounds very mystical and very in, uh, maybe uh, confusing for some people but I want to uh, give you guys the idea that it is very important no, no matter what your goals are whether it is to or a lawyer or anything along those lines it is so important that you identify what your purpose is in that because when everything else fails and when everything comes down to the wire when you do not have the motivation you don't have the energy and you don't have the focus you don't have the time you have to resort back to that purpose because so often if we don't find that purpose or that dedication to that goal then we will more than likely slip away from whatever that practice or that training is that is so fundamental to our success and so i think that before you start any kind of new habit or new goal it is really important that you set time aside for yourself to spend time alone um, is what i would highly recommend in whether it's in your room or if it's in a secluded spot outside something like that where you can sit down with yourself and you can truly look at the things that you want to do with your life and you have to say why do i want this what is the purpose that i want this for and you have to identify that and you have to try and understand what that is and it can be anything it can literally be i really just want to create a stronger self-image for myself and i want to show the people that i know that i'm capable of this um, it can be, I want to do this in honor and memory of somebody who I knew who passed away doing it or something along those lines, or I want to uh, 
prove everybody wrong who ever doubted me before but like you have to identify what that purpose is and what that reason is in within yourself before you can start any kind of project and i guarantee if you write it on your mirror in your bathroom or you put it on a sticky note or you put a reminder in your phone that reminds you every single day and puts it somewhere that you can see it that will be a strong strong internal motivator for your goals um, and uh, i just want to encourage that in in the first place um, that you have to be patient with the process first after setting up what your goals are so and your purpose i think that purpose and setting up um, those goals is very strongly tied together and then from there you then have you you have your launch pad you have your starting place um, you have the uh, the idea and the the general concept developed and then you have to start putting rubber to the road and you have to start working out what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis so there's a couple of different things that we can do when it comes to creating practical application for um, exercise and for that. For some people, they don't need anything else other than that internal motivation that says, this is what I want. I'm going to do this because of these goals that I have set, because of this purpose that I had developed for myself. Um, but there are a lot of people, most people, um, sometimes including myself, that need that external motivation to identify what the reason is that we are doing the thing that we are doing. What is the, the I need some kind of, ex, some, some days, and I know that this is true for a lot of people, you need that external force to push you sometimes to create that habit until it becomes more of an internal force. So you have to get that external force and turn it into an internal force that will help motivate you to do what you are trying to do. Um, so I want to encourage you, there's a couple of different things that we can do here. Um, I did mention putting reminders on your phone and writing your goals on a somewhere visible surface that you can see all the time so that's a constant reminder. Um, one of the strongest things that we can do in this situation, however, is to find somebody who has either a similar ambition or goal or purpose and then create some kind of a calendar together that has your practice um, dedicated to both times and start cr to create some accountability for each other and for yourself. So that's going to look like if you and your friend are trying to start a band, for example, and your friend plays guitar and you are the lead singer, but you both have practice that you know you need to fulfill before you have any kind of performance, what I would recommend is that you and your friend need to either together or separately um, communicate and discuss what that looks like on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, what days are you doing that practice? What days are you um, spending that time? And when are you spending that time? Because when you start to create that accountability, it can even just be a simple text message of like, hey, did you actually practice today like you were supposed to? And the answer can be incredibly powerful because nobody wants to say no. Um, make sure that it's somebody that you respect enough to, to not want to say no to. I think if you give yourself a a weak accountability partner, then you, it's easy to say no. But I want to encourage you guys that it's, it's better to find somebody, like I said, that has similar goals and purpose that you do so that you guys can continue to work together. Um, and that can be, like I said, over the phone or over text or something like that where you are working with someone to say, hey, hope you worked on this today. Here's what I did. Here's a couple of different things that I noticed and I focused on. Hopefully you can get back to those two because I guarantee when you start struggling together with someone else, the load is half as heavy um, and it really will help you motivate to do your goals because 
even if nothing else other than a competitive aspect of it for some people that is very uh, worthwhile and we're going to discuss that here in a second but to create that sense of um, accomplishment in yourself that somebody else is proud of the work that you have done that is a strong motivator for a lot of people to say hey like they went out and did this today I need to make sure that I get my stuff done today too so that we're on that same level um, so that we are moving and we are striving together so find somebody who has similar goals to you and it doesn't even have to be in person it can be um, somebody who is just checking on you every once in a while they may not even be doing the same thing as you are they may be working somewhere else and doing something else but you can at least check in every once in a while and say hey did you do that today um, the other part of that is trying to make it as consistent as possible um, I think that the first couple of weeks are probably going to be the most difficult actually I will correct myself I'll say that probably weeks three through five probably end up being the most difficult I think people have that still kind of new buzz from a new activity those first couple of weeks um, and then we kind of lose that uh, new that dopamine response that we get from new objects and new projects and whatnot um, so I think that it's better to start creating really good strong consistent habits on a daily basis um, as you continue on that way you can help maintain that better in the future um, and I think the analogy uh, the analogy that I always give people is that you've got to treat um, with exercise specifically is you have to treat it like brushing your teeth um, everybody can sit down and look at themselves and say well why do I brush my teeth um, I guarantee that for those of you that are living on your own and you're doing your own things it's definitely not because your parents told you to or maybe it is you know that brushing your teeth is just a fundamental thing that you have to do in order to help maintain hygiene and in order to help maintain your smile which is a part of your presentation and part of yourself and you feel better afterwards it's part of you as a person almost that it, you need to be brushing your teeth on a regular basis otherwise if you were anybody who's spent the night at somebody else's house and not had or been on vacation and not had access to a toothbrush you know how gross that feeling is as you kind of go to bed and you kind of have to just settle with yourself the fact that you weren't able to brush your teeth for the last 12 hours and everything that you've eaten during the day is just kind of sitting inside of your mouth it's kind of a really gross feeling we have to start taking that kind of principle and that kind of mindset and we have to start flipping it towards things like exercise like eating healthy we need to start getting to the point where we have to sit down with ourselves at night and we have to think to ourselves okay did I was I able to get to that thing that I needed to do today for my training was I able to go and work on those conditioning intervals like I said that I was going to do was I able to make sure that I got the servings of fruit and vegetables that I needed today and once you start to get to the point where you have a hard time going to bed without doing those things um, that's when you know that you're starting to make some progress in creating those those neurological pathways in your brain and starting to create those um, those habits for yourself so that you have a better idea of what your day-to-day -day routine can look like and you can start to develop what uh, your goals should look like and start to really start to idealize and see those things come into focus now because I think that once that starts to happen you start to build a little bit of momentum and you start to get more excited about it and then it just gets easier from there that brings us to the other point that I want to make and it's when it comes to making our goals I know that we want to be like the greatest and we want to or or we want to um, lose 50 pounds I mean there's nothing wrong with that um, but I want us to be able to identify 
the fact that we need attainable goals because attainable goals help us create momentum for greater things. So what that looks like, for example, is when I'm talking about losing 50 pounds, it might be a better idea to say, okay, this month or this week, I need to focus on losing five to eight pounds. And then as you're starting to work through that and you are starting to notice a loss in the weight due to the exercise and change in diet and stuff like that, you, you have those five to eight pounds lost and then suddenly you're motivated. You're like, hey, I'm hitting my goals. I'm doing the things that I wanna do. I'm starting to make headway versus if you tell yourself right off the bat, I wanna lose 50 pounds. That first three or four weeks where you're only losing five to eight pounds can be really discouraging because you're like, well, my goal is 50 and I'm not even like a fifth of the way there yet. So that is something else that I think that we all do, especially around the New Year's period where we set up very ambitious goals for the year, but we don't actually create any small stepping stone goals. And I think that those are very pivotal and very important to creating long-term success is starting to create smaller achievable goals because there is that dopamine, there is that um, serotonin, uh, I'm sorry, not serotonin, there is that, that, that happy response to achieving your goals and to making progress and making headway into the things that you want to do. So there is a lot of strength in creating attainable goals. So what I would recommend is take whatever your goals are shave them down to, like I said earlier, about a fifth of what you're trying to reach. If it's numerical value or if it's not, then try to get to something smaller, something that you know you can do within the next week or the next two weeks or the next month, something that you know that you're going to get to and that will help spur on the rest of your motivation and spur on the rest of your, um, the rest of your training and your practice. Um, and then the second thing that I want to mention along with doing with uh, focusing on achievable goals is celebrate your goals. I mean, make sure that you are taking time to really enjoy that moment and enjoy the fact that you are making progress in the things that you want to do um, because there is a lot of power in that. Um, and I think that people don't celebrate their small goals enough. Uh, so I want to really encourage you for whatever it is, even if it's saying to yourself, I'm gonna make sure that I get to exercise at least four times this week. If you get all four of those days, make sure you celebrate it somehow in your own little way, in your own personal way that doesn't subtract from your progress. Make sure that you celebrate that goal and you celebrate that success because it really is worth celebrating. Um, that's gonna bring us into our next point where we're talking about on a weekly basis and we're talking about practice evaluation. Um, the biggest thing that I hear from people a lot of the time is that lack of time, um, that lack of availability to do the things that you are trying to do. Um, but depending on what it is, and for me, a lot of the time within my realm, it's fitness, it's exercise of some kind. Um, there's always that limiting factor that says, ah, well, you know, I work at 4.30 in the morning. Um, unless you are working from 4.30 in the morning until midnight, um, just to get adequate amounts of sleep all the time, there's no excuse for spending 15 minutes a day to work on a skill um, or 30 minutes a day to get a small portion of exercise. Um, especially within our CrossFit realm, there's so much different thing. There's so many different things that you can do in 30 minutes that it's not even funny. You can literally set a seven minute timer and do burpees for seven minutes. And I guarantee that that will help maintain your fitness and you will feel better afterwards having only spent seven minutes literally just doing burpees. Um, and that can be done anywhere. Um, so that's just an example to start off with. But the thing that I wanted to, us to focus on 
is that if we take, for example, like I was going to bring it back earlier to the musician practice, is that there are 504 minutes in a week, um, and that's in uh, seven days. So I wanted to let you guys know. So there's 504 minutes in a week, and if you spend only 15 minutes a day working on your goals, that's only 75 minutes out of your total week. The rest of that time is totally yours to work, to sleep. To I mean, like I didn't even include nighttime in that. I mean, I, I cut I cut sleep from that. So those are your waking minutes. Is 504 waking minutes during the week. So I really want you guys to understand the importance of having um, practice to cut into that just a little bit. If we take 15 minutes, like I said, per day, uh, five days a week, and that adds up to 75 minutes, that only subtracts from one fifth of our week. That rest of that time is yours to do as you need to. That's no more than 15 minutes a day to spend time on a skill and some practice for something. And I guarantee that when you start to take that time and you realize how much of it you actually have on hand, that you will start to make progress. Even if you take it over your lunch break or something else like that, if you truly want to achieve your goals and you really have Again, that internal or even that external drive that says, hey, we need to get this done today. We need to spend those 15 minutes. Then it is absolutely doable. Um, I guarantee everybody can find 15 minutes during the day to spend on their skill, to spend on their goal, to spend on the purpose that they have created with where they want to be in the future. And it doesn't take very long. It does not take hardly any time at all to do those things. Um, and then just in a grand scheme of things, um, I want to call back to, we had discussed a little bit before about that thought of memento mori, which is we don't have a great deal of time in this life that we live. And so I want to emphasize the importance of taking those 15 minutes now versus in the end when we don't have those 15 minutes. I mean, how hard is it going to be when we get to the end of our lives and we look back and say, man, I wish that I had literally just taken 15 minutes a day for a couple of days a week to work on becoming a better piano player because man, I really regret not playing the piano or becoming a, uh, a better uh, coder or like with computers. I wish that I had taken that time to really enhance that skill and try to work on that and try to become better at that because I loved it so much but I wasn't willing to dedicate the time or to become a better gymnast or to become, um, I mean, you name it, anything along those lines, any kind of thing that requires skill or practice, it really does require only 15 minutes. Um, and, I, and I harp on this one so much because it is the one that I hear the most. Um, it's just that I just didn't have the time or the availability today. And I will not deny that there have been times in my life where the day does slip away from you, but still, there are plenty of things that we can do to try and increase our excellence during the day and during the week and trying to take advantage of those 15 minutes. Um, and then uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up is um, and actually a really good um, quote just to kind of give a nice summary to this episode for today um, that it just has to do with the human body uh, is uh, that your body will adapt to what you do. Um, whatever kind of stimulus that you place in your body, it's going to adapt to that to better um, handle it. So if you are living in an area where it is 105 degrees every single day, I guarantee that your body will go through different systems and different ways to accommodate for that and to make you more accustomed to that heat. And you will probably notice bodily changes over a period of time to help you grow accustomed to that heat. 
Same thing with being cold. You will grow accustomed in certain ways. Certain bodily changes will take place that you will have better uh, temperature regulation. You will have uh, less sweating. You will have better fluid retention, um, all different kinds of things. Um, and then the same thing comes to exercise and to practice and skill. You will adapt over time, but you have to place yourself underneath the stimulus. You have to put yourself into the area that says, or you have to put yourself into that environment that creates a stimulus that your body can adapt to. So if that is running every single day, you have to go running every single day. You have to work and force your body to adapt to that system so that we can become a better runner. If you want to be a better piano player, then you have to put your body through a system that says, hey, every day at 3.30 p.m. is when we play piano for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, and I have to focus on that time, and then your body over time will start to recognize that and say, okay, well, we've played for 30 to 45 minutes. That's no problem anymore. We can play for up to an hour. Um, no more problems with aches and whatnot. We've created a system in ourselves that can handle that now. We're used to it now. Um, and the same thing goes with exercise and with strength training. It's the same thing. You have to create that stimulus and continue to work at it and increase it so that your body grows and adapts and says, okay, I can handle this. I have done this before. I have been under the system for many, many days. We have done all of this before. This is creating a system for us, an environment that we can thrive in now because we are used to it. And the alternative of this is true as well. If you spend a majority of your time sitting or if you spend a majority of your time in uh, uh, sedentary lifestyle, then it is very likely that your body will adapt to that to regulate it as the best that it can. This is where type 2 diabetes comes from is because your body is trying to adapt to an overstimulation of sugar within your blood system, in your bloodstream, and you have damage that occurs as your body is trying to simply compensate for what it is receiving. So it's the exact same system. Your body can adapt to almost anything. You simply have to add the stimulus and it has to be consistent and it has to be every single day that we are working to try and improve ourselves. And it doesn't have to be all day long. It can just be for that little short period of time. Um, the one thing that I wanted to reference to is we're going to kind of try and start and transition into our mindset for today is going to be on the topic of competitiveness and comparison. Um, for some people, um, comparison and competitiveness is a huge motivator. It is such a strong piece of external motivation that can really get people fired up, whether they know that they're in a competition or if they are in a competition or not. This is a very strong system for a lot of people that really drives them forward. Um, to give you a really good example, Michael Phelps is one of these people. Um, there is, you can go to, on his, I think it's on his Wikipedia, uh, I was listening to an interview of him with Tim Ferriss and they were talking about how he was told one time that uh, before a certain event that he would not succeed or he would not make it to the point where he was hoping to. And he was able to turn that into a sort of internal relentless motivation and then he went and dominated the entire event. Um, that's an excellent sort, uh, that's an excellent um, example of somebody who is fueled by the competitiveness, by that, that negativity factor. Um, alternatively though, I will say that I am not one of those people. Um, I really would like to think of myself as one where I really thrive under that negativity of saying you can't do this, but I really have to shut that external motivation down sometimes and I have to turn within myself 
and recognize that I am capable of things, that I can do these things, that I have been given the strength by God to do these certain things that I'm trying to accomplish. Because I have found that just through many, many periods and times of training that I cannot rely on that competitive, I have to beat you, I have to be better than you factor to try and succeed. I have to let it come from within myself. And so, and, and, and I think that it's really important that whatever it is that you decide to do with your goals, that you identify what kind of person you are and how you are motivated, whether it's intrinsically or externally, because some people, like I said earlier, have no problem getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning every morning and getting to go and work out or go for a run and purely because it's with inside them. It's something that they have identified with themselves that they say, this is who I am and this is what I do and they can do it. Other people need that external motivation like an alarm, two alarms, three alarms, and that note on the doorway that says, get your butt outside and go for a run. And then an additional phone call from a friend or from parents later that day that says, hey, did you go for a run today? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just two sides of the same coin where both are very important. And I think that whatever it is that you are trying to do, it's important that you identify which one is more useful for you. Because if you're more of an internally motivated person and you're trying to get competitive with people and you're trying to size yourself up against others, then it's not going to be effective for you. And I would not recommend that as somebody who has tried. Um, and then alternatively, if you are an externally motivated person, don't be disappointed with yourself when you sleep through both alarms and you don't go for a run that day. You ignore the sign that you put up for yourself because it's just not the way that you're motivated. Um, it's not the way that you are encouraged to move on. Um, so I think that it's very important that you identify both of those things within yourself. Um, and then I want to contrast competition with comparison because I think that competition is when people strive for a similar goal independently with hopes of beating the other. Um, and I think that there is, there is, like I said earlier, there is power in that and there is definitely strength that can be found in that for athletes and for individuals who can utilize it and turn it into fuel. Um, but for those of us who can't use that, it almost turns into more of a comparison factor or a comparison mode. And I really want to try and discourage away from that as much as we can. Um, and that's gonna lead us to our mindset where we were talking about earlier that comparison is the killer of joy. Um, and I think that within this context, we're talking more on like, people are thinking of like two people swimming against each other or like an arm wrestling or something like that. I'm talking more about you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and then you see that one of your friends or acquaintances or coworkers went on a trip over the weekend in their brand new car and they're taking the next three or four days off with their paid time off or with their job that pays them 120 grand a year and simply put that you're not doing that. I think that that is where comparison starts to come in and we create this negative shell that can destroy any hopes of productivity that we have. It creates such a hopeless inside of us and I want to truly try and steer us away from that as much as possible. I think that there is a huge benefit, especially in today's society, of taking a comparison and a stimulation break from exercise. I'm not sorry, not from exercise, but from um, social media um, and from those sources that only highlight the best of the best um, because if you do not have a good self-control of those kinds of emotions and reactions, like we've talked about before, it can create a sense of hopelessness inside of you that is very difficult to overcome. Um, and the same, it goes for athletes and for people who witness um, 
people performing either huge deadlifts and huge lifts um, or huge jumps or huge uh, like uh, personal records and miles or world record setting stuff. I mean, that stuff gets shared all the time because it is it is the best, because it is the coolest, because it is the fun, the attractive stuff that people want to see. It's the things that get shared and the things that get discussed. Nobody's sharing you doing your 15 minutes of practice every single day. And it can be frustrating. It can be very discouraging. So I want to make sure that while you are focusing on your goals, if you are more of an internally motivated person, that you are trying to steer yourself away from that comparison and from the stimulation of comparison because it is truly destructive in those first couple of growth developing stages. It's important to identify purpose and as an externally motivated person, it may be a great competitive drive for you to say, I wanna do that, I can do that, I can be like those people, I want to be the best. But again, from speaking from personal experience, it can be very discouraging to see that as an internally motivated person and not be at that place yet. So I want to encourage patience as well as a lack of comparison in our day-to-day -day lives and try to encourage you guys that there is so much strength to be had within you. It is greater than you realize. It is just about taking the proper and practical steps to idealize those goals by reaching a, a, a achievable and attainable goals by creating accountability for ourselves and identifying our purpose so that we can start to move forward and take stronger strides in the direction of our goals and start to achieve those things that we want to achieve because that is truly where our fulfillment and where our satisfaction comes from and we have to continue to move through those and move towards those consistently with strength and with determination and with hope. And that is my focus for today. So thank you guys very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, if you guys have any feedback, I know that I got a lot of good feedback from our last episode. A lot of people like the protein episode. Um, so we'll probably be doing some more stuff like that in the future. Um, this is a topic that I just wanted to hit really fast. Uh, it's something that's been kind of working with me for the last couple of weeks is in here in CrossFit land, we are approaching our competitive season. And it's kind of weird for me as somebody who's been doing this for a while to start switching my mindset every time of year, it always gets odd to kind of go from a non-competitive working out alone and training on my own to working out against other people, I guess, or working out with other people in a more of a competitive setting and not trying to get overwhelmed or trying to get discouraged. So kind of just been on my mind for the last couple of days and wanted to kind of share some of the tips and things that I've found that work for me as I am much more of an internally driven person and I believe that I have a goal and I have a purpose and I have a drive and I really wanted to share some of those things that have really worked for me. I found a lot of um, success within what I've been trying to achieve so far. I still have a long ways to go but I have found a lot of things that I have achieved that I have been so happy with. Um, so you guys have a great rest of your day. Again, you can contact me through Instagram or through my email. I will include both of those in the comment section below. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening.